When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Bears Nation Podcast. We have a great episode today. We are joined by Adam Abdallah of ESPN 1000. Of course, a lot of you in Chicago are familiar with him, his voice, his work. So we are very grateful to you, Adam, for coming on. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, and as always, I'm joined by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano. We're going to cover a lot today. Obviously, there was some Bears news today that came out. We are recording this today, Wednesday, the 26th. So there's some stuff we got to talk about, and we're just going to dive right into it. David Montgomery goes down in practice. He slips, uh, leaves with a groin injury, was initially carted off. Everyone was very worried because when you hear the words carted off, uh, it's not good, and you immediately think the worst. But it was labeled a groin injury. The Bears said they're optimistic. So, you know... Adam, since you're our guest, we will start with you, and you just got off a show that you were running. I mean, what are your initial thoughts on this David Montgomery situation? I mean, it's not good when a guy who you are going to rely on, you know, for majority of the carries goes down. I don't know if they're going to sign Freeman. I know he's out there. Um, but I think that, you know, you hope he, it's not a, a four- to eight-week injury, as some have speculated. It's more of that two- to three-week injury. Maybe he misses that first game against the Lions, is back for the Giants, but I think with the season being only two weeks away, you know, I think he's probably going to miss at least a game or two. And, you know, Tariq Cohen's going to have to step up. The other guys are going to have to step up. But uh, Nagy doesn't like to run the ball anyway. So it doesn't, I mean, in the long run, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, he got better later in the year last year, but it was obviously a pressing issue for majority of the year. But I think what this kind of reveals is we've been talking all throughout the offseason, like, you know, what if a guy went down? Like, how comfortable would we be with the running back room? And, you know, people kind of silenced that conversation once we found out Cordero Patterson uh, kind of became a running back. And people were comfortable with that because of what he did in uh, New England, and we kind of have a little bit of history, and we've seen what he can do. But now that Dave Montgomery is likely going to miss one or two games, and at the worst, maybe even more than that, like you said, sports hernia surgery is the worst of that, and that's about four to eight weeks. You know, w- what does that reveal about the running background? I mean, I mean, should we be more worried about our depth? And, and like, is it 100% necessary, Adam, I'll ask you, is it 100% necessary for us to get, whether it's Devonta Freeman or a Spencer Ware, who is very familiar with this offense? I mean, is this a must now that we have uh, some injury issues here in the running back room? Well, they brought in, what was it? They brought in CJ Proceis for a, a, workout. a, a tra- yeah. workout last week. So maybe that turns into something. Maybe they realize that they didn't, you know, they didn't care for him. So they won't bring him in and that just mo- removes a guy. But I don't think you can rely on Cordero Patterson to be any form of real, you know, like he's not going to take a majority of the carries or anything like that. You know, like he's still going to be your special teams guy. He's still going to be like a change it up, maybe type of, uh, of back in that backfield. I don't think you're really like relying on him. This is going to be more Tariq Cohen. This is maybe, you know, if they sign somebody, I think that depth at any um, position, especially in the, you know, the era we're living right now with coronavirus and everything is depth is definitely an issue. I mean, look at Akeem Hicks. When he went down, they lost all their run-stopping ability last year. Like, they couldn't stop the run to save their lives last year when Akeem Hicks went down. They were still a productive defense, but they lost that element. So I think, you know, depth in any position, whether it's safety, cornerback, running back, I mean, quarterback, too, you know, like Mitch hasn't played every single game in a year, you know, yet. So I think that any position, you always uh, are concerned with depth, especially now when, the protocols are different and bringing people in for visits is different. And then once we get in the season, you know, quarantining people and all that kind of stuff, if you have an injury during the season, who knows how long it could take to 
you know, get a guy in, get him worked out, get him a physical, and then get him on the roster and get him acclimated with the playbook so he can be ready to play. Yeah. Chris, does this just kind of right add here. on? Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Chris, right here. Um, just just a more of a vague question. Um, if you if you had to give a percentage, um, you know, for the chances of the Bears, you know, signing another running back, what would you say it, uh, th- those percentages are? Oh, it's got to be a hundred, right? Like they have to, wow. you have to, like you have to sign someone. You have to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they signed a kicker just in case. Like they brought in Cairo Santos just in case, right? Like you, if you're not bringing in every, if you're not working everybody out, if you don't bring in Devonte Freeman for a workout, anybody, you know, you have to sign somebody, right? You have to just have bodies just in case, you know, I guess you have to wait and see how long the injury and how long he's going to be out for. And maybe if it's only two weeks, you don't have to just because he might be back for that first game of the season or second game. But if it's going to be a four to eight week injury, yeah, you have to bring someone in. Like, that's just, you know, I don't care who, who the name is. You just need someone to to take reps because you know how these reps are going to go. And like Nagy likes to mix everybody in. So you got to bring in somebody for sure. Fair enough. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking the way that the offense needs to bounce back. There's already so much pressure on that offense. This is kind of the last thing you needed, right? Yeah, especially to like a higher uh, volume guy, you know, like Montgomery was definitely going to get a majority of the carries. And so to see a guy like that go down and especially the way he did too. And like, he instantly reached over, grabbed the groin, like was hobbled over. I know he got carted off, but everybody gets carted off um, when you're in training camp, but they are at their facility. So, you know, like, Saying carting off is is that everybody gets carted off at camp, but they're not at camp. They're at their facility, so they're not like that far away. I know you don't want him to put any pressure on it whatsoever, but just the way he crumbled and kind of like you can kind of tell like these athletes know what an injury kind of means when when they get hurt. Like you can see their reaction. Like there's rarely that a dude gets popped and you're like you know he has an injury and he's gonna miss a game and he's like that much in pain and like that upset about an injury so when you saw the video today you kind of felt like this is going to be a little little, i hope i'm wrong but that's kind of the like you just saw it like in his face like hitting the ground like you kind of knew that like he felt something that that was going to keep him out for a while so is Devonta? You've mentioned his name num- numerous times. Is Devonta Freeman your guy? Who you who you'd want to go after? I I I don't really have a guy. <laughs> I mean, I don't, it, yeah. At this point, you're just it's other people's trash is your treasure, right? Like right. just because you need someone in. I mean, Devonta Freeman's been a productive back in the past, but at this point in the season, if a guy's not on a team, he's not on a team for a reason. You know, like especially with you know rosters expanding, you've got the practice squad is expanded to a few more guys, so you can you can keep a few more guys on your roster if you want to. So I mean, just the fact that these guys are not on teams, it's more out of necessity. It was telling when they brought in CJ Procise, but that was probably just you know for a tryout and just trying to you know test the waters there as a as a you know a backup to a backup to a backup, but. You know, he was fast. He was, you know, he had a little quickness, a little uh, speed to him. So I think you need more of a guy to replace David Montgomery who's like David Montgomery. So maybe Freeman's more of that guy. But who knows? I mean, I think you just need you just need a body at this point. The problem with Freeman, it's actually funny. Freeman had season-ending sports hernia surgery, the same exact injury as Dave Montgomery had in 2018, and he hasn't really been the same player since. And now there's a, a number of factors that could have caused that. The Atlanta Falcons O-line was terrible. But it's just, you know, hopefully, you know, I don't think sports hernia surgery is going to, you know, harm his career in the long run. But while we're talking about Devon Freeman, it's worth noting that he did have that surgery. Uh, and yeah. he you know, hasn't been his, like he was in 2016, where he was like the number one fantasy player. He was a pro bowler, but um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Hopefully uh, he heals quickly and Tariq and Cordell can step into that role. For sure. We'll see. I mean, the next, there's supposed to be a practice tomorrow, I believe there are yeah, tomorrow they're off on Friday. And then there's only like two more practices that are open to the media before the season starts. And the rest are just going to be Hey, we're going to do, you know, we'll have a practice. It's not open to you guys. and We'll have Zoom conferences afterwards. So we just got to wait and find out, I guess. What what does this do? Because to me, I'm thinking about, I mean, this changes how you prep 
going forward because having to Cohen with the ones obviously changes how you're going to prepare for that week one game or even the preseason as compared to David Montgomery, who you can just hand it off to and, you know, hope he goes to work. I mean, what kind of changes are we probably going to see, you know? I mean, I think you're going to see more. I hope you do. I mean, you got to First of all, you have to have better production from your offensive line. If there's nothing for for uh, for Tariq Cohen to run through, then he's not. Nobody's going anywhere, right? I think you know Tariq needs to be utilized a little bit more in that short passing game. You know, uh, behind the line of scrimmage, I think you might see more of that as opposed to just you know handing it off to a guy and having them run up to the middle or trying to do like a draw or anything like that. You might see more Tariq Cohen used in that you know behind the line of scrimmage pass and try to do something like that but ultimately that's up to your offensive line because you've got to hold defensive linemen for an extra few seconds to try to set that play up and then they have to get to the line of scrimmage so I think this is an opportunity where you know you kind of see what that offensive line I know Harry he stands gone but you know you kind of see if that offensive line has gotten any better has Fetty gotten better have these guys gotten better at protection and can they create holes because that's going to be the biggest problem. It's not who's back there, really. It's what he's running in front, what he's running behind, uh, the timing of the plays. Can Nagy work a little more magic? And maybe you see more of that trickery that he used to do in the first year. He didn't really do in the second year. So maybe you see more of that. Maybe you see more trick plays. You bring in a couple defensive players and try to do something like that. But ultimately, this is just going to be, all right, Tariq Cohn, we drafted you high up for a reason. Like, we need you to... We need you to perform like this is on you now. Like you've got your opportunity, hopefully just for a couple games. But ultimately, uh, you know, he can come back and it, this is just going to be on Tariq to step up. What's your confidence level in Nagy, speaking of which, because we already talked about the pressure on the offense. I mean, I think uh, those of us on this podcast have been at like a solid. We're hopeful, but we're not really expecting any fireworks. Like, where are you at regarding Nagy and his play calling? I love Nagy. I'm a Nagy dude. <laughs> Because I think, because I mean, look at look at what he was doing in Kansas City. I know he wasn't calling plays, or he was for some of the games, but it was mostly Andy Reid calling plays. But ultimately, he helped put together that offense. He also was grading the quarterbacks, and they drafted Patrick Mahomes. He was in there and in that room when they were doing their quarterback evaluations. And I like Nagy. I think he's been held back by the level of quarterback play, and I'm sure we're going to get into Trubisky. We, you know, we got time for that too, but I mean, when you've got a quarterback who isn't getting the calls, right, who isn't doing the basic things that a quarterback can do when you are checking down, when you're throwing it into the dirt, when guys are coming at you off sides and you're throwing it into the dirt instead of throwing it uh, down the field, when you're stepping out, out of bounds, behind the line of scrimmage and then instead of just launching it into the stands when you're you know taking a sack on a goal line situation in practice like that's that's holding i always make the analogy matt Nagy could be a nascar driver driving a toyota prius like <laughs> like and we just don't know it because this dude might be hampered by what trubisky can't do i don't know if Foles is going to be able to do anything more but i would like to see him with a real quarterback, with a quarterback who you don't have to worry about teaching the basics to. Like after that, after the practice where Trubisky took the sack a couple days ago on the um, on the goal line situation, he was like, well, he knows better. He's not going to do that. You shouldn't have to teach that anymore. This dude's in the fourth year of his, in the league. You shouldn't have to teach that to a college quarterback. Like you just know. There were countless times last year where this guy's stepping out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage. It's like you can't. Like he's got if Nagy had any hair, he'd be pulling it out because he can't you can't just look at this guy and be like, I can't even run a basic offense with you because you're going to screw it up. So I have to tailor this down so much because you can't do anything. He's a one read quarterback and Nagy is a, you know, second read, third read guy. you got to wait for things to get open. And Trubisky just can't do that. So I I like Nagy. I hope I don't hope that things go poorly for the Bears, but if they do, I hope he survives and just brings in a GM that can work with him that can pick the positions the right way, you know, that can get talent at the positions. So do you think that's, that's the issue that it's just the lack of talent that he's being supplied outside of Trubisky too? I think, well, I mean, look to give pace credit completely rebuilt the defense, right? That Mm -hmm. defense was awful. He traded for Khalil Mack. 
signed Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, all these guys, right? Like these are like found Eddie Jackson, signed, or drafted Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson had a broken leg, you know, at Alabama. Like, so he has found defensive talent. He can't draft defense. He can't find talent at defense or at offense. I mean, sorry, he can't draft offense. He can't find talent at the offensive position, offensive line excluding. He's found a few nice pieces on the offensive line. But if you're looking at talent, I mean, we're talking Kevin White. Where is he? Adam Shaheen. Where is he? You know, you've got these guys. I mean, Allen Robinson. Where's Allen Robinson's extension? We're all sitting around waiting for Allen Robinson to get extended. He's one of the best wide receivers that we've had. And he's the poor guys had Blake Bortles and Trubisky throwing to him. (laughs) So I think that that it is a talent issue, especially with the quarterback position. Like Trubisky can be the, the hardest working guy in the, in the world. Like, like, look, we all went to, we all went to school. We all went to high school and middle school. There were just grades that there were classes that you just didn't get. I didn't get chemistry. I'd study my ass off of chemistry and just not get it. Guess what? I'm not a scientist. Like Trubisky <laughs> can have all the talent in the world and he can study all he wants to, and he can have the great arm strength and everything. But if he's not getting it in game situations and he's not understanding the playbook, he can read. He can have his nose buried in that playbook morning, noon, and night. But if he's not going to get it, you're not going to get anything out of the guy for sure. Right. You're killing Kevin here because we've had this conversation many a time. I see him, and I see him rolling his yeah. eyes. No, I'm not rolling my eyes. <laughs> I can eyes. see him rolling his eyes. I can see him shaking his head. I can see everything. I, I'm, I, I'm firmly – we've had this conversation many a time, and I guess this rolls right into our quarterback talk. I am firmly that Foles gives you a higher floor, and Kevin is f- firmly take the high ceiling with Mitch. So thank what you. What high ceiling? So- what high ceiling? Okay. <laughs> okay. What's he going to give you? Thank you. What's he going to give you? He hasn't learned it by now. When's he going to learn it? I'm uh, when I when I say high ceiling, I just mean you know th- he can, he's mobile, he can roll out, he has the ability to make more plays than than Foles can. I mean that that's the way I see it when I talk about high ceiling from a mental perspective. The ceiling, yeah, he his ceiling is very low. I mean, the guy still hasn't figured it out. And and we talk about all those things. And, and what we always come back to is the fact that, you know, no matter how many workout videos we see, no matter how many practice shots we see, what are you going to do with his confidence and with his mentals? Because, you know, just as much as him knowing the playbook and reading a defense matters, it, it's his confidence. And we, we've seen what he can do when he's rolling, when he's got confidence, and when what he can do when he gets benched in the second with two minutes left in a Rams game and what that does to his confidence in the rest of his play so and and you know like for example when i talk about this high ceiling thing and you know the ability to make plays what we've been hearing from camp is that nick Foles keeps checking down and stuff like that and we talk about like we, we don't want to see checkdowns, right we don't want to see uh, a quarterback just you know when the guy's open just check it down and apparently that's what we're seeing on the nick Foles. i was looking at next gen stats i was telling chris and jake about this this website is unbelievable i hadn't even done a whole lot of research in the next gen stats but they have a statistic um about average and tenant air yards which is mm-hmm. air yards a passer throws on completions or, or a passer throws on attempts. So in mm-hmm. um, in 2019, or this was 2018 Mitch and then 29 or 2019 Mitch, 2018 full stats because Foles didn't play enough games in 2018. But for Mitch, that number was 8.8 uh, average and 10 air yards, 10th in the league, and Foles was 6.7, and he ranked dead last. So that like when I talk, like I feel like Mitch is willing to make those plays downfield. And now is he going to complete those? maybe probably not but he's at least willing to make those plays where i feel like Foles is a little bit held back and you know we and for some people that's fine like for like for jake example he's like all right you you get the ball to receivers let your receivers make plays and and i get that but i don't i don't know if the bears have that type of personnel on offense you know we have guys who can you know run with the ball after the catch but we don't have the kansas city chiefs offense where you just give it to tyreek hill wherever and he's gonna run 50 yards so that when i talk about taking a risk on a guy like that. That's what I mean, because I feel like Mitch is more willing to take those chances if Nagy allows that. I think that, well, yes, I think he's willing to take more chances, but I also think that you, like you said, intended air yards, you can intend to throw a lot of places. It doesn't mean the ball is going to get there when he's overthrowing (laughs) Allen Robinson, when he's overthrowing, you know, uh, Miller, when he's, when he's missing his spots, when he's checking down all these, he still does a lot of checking down too. You know, there's a lot of times too, where the play breaks down. Why is the play breaking down? Because you're looking at one read and the defense sees that, and then they come at you and then you're running for eight yards. That's great. He's better than falls when the play breaks down, but it's less likely that the play is going to break down 
if Foles is playing because he understands the offense better. He may not have as good a rapport with the wide receivers right now and with the, the rest of the weapons on that offense, but ultimately he knows the system better. So it's just getting timing and knowing where he has to place the ball with, for these guys to catch them, which I don't think with Allen Robinson it's going to be that hard to figure out. Allen Robinson's a pro. You just throw it. He's got a pretty, pretty big catch radius. <laughs> so I think he'll be fine. It's the other guys. I think that right now you're right. This is arguing about the lesser of two evils. They're in a crappy situation because Nick Foles, if he was good, he'd be starting for a better team, you know, or he'd be starting for another team. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have traded him. Right. And with Trubisky, if he was good, they wouldn't, they probably would have picked up his fifth year option and we wouldn't even be having this discussion. And Chase Daniel might still be here as the backup and you know, all that stuff. But ultimately when you, to me, it's a, better situation to go in there with Foles because to me the ceiling is higher with Foles because he's done it before the only knock on Foles is that he doesn't have the chemistry with the wide receivers and everybody else and because of that 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 comes that you can get you can get that trust me in two weeks I'll have that when when, yeah yeah, I mean that's my that's been my thing from day one. You don't pay a, a backup quarterback that kind of money. You don't give up a fourth round for a backup quarterback, and you don't model a system for a backup quarterback. So I and I mean you said ceiling. My thing was just the floor. I think the floor mm-hmm. is higher with Foles with just even those simple plays, like you said. Um, and and you're talking ceiling. Obviously, the ceiling I guess would be the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl yeah. if you're talking yeah. that. But I mean, yeah, and I'll take that. But you know, Ke- Kevin has firmly been opposed to me on this on this argument, but yeah, like I mean, I mean chemistry, like you said, that I mean, yeah, I mean the athletes the Bears have, Allen Robinson, even Anthony Miller, I think you could get it like that, the athlete that he is too. Yeah, yeah. And like j- just to piggyback off that, like, do you guys ever? I mean, I know you guys, I know what your answer is to this, but like, isn't it sad? Like, I, I always sit and think, like, man, how- what would uh, Anthony Miller's numbers look like? If, you know, we had a quarterback that could throw him the ball like Anthony Miller, like how many times that guy yeah. I've seen him open and, and either missed or just not even, you know, looked at. It's just it's ridiculous. And it's like it's just those little things. It's those little things. And, you know, those little things, like Adam said, that, you know, Foles has shown that he can do. So um, in my opinion, the way I look at if Mitch Trubisky doesn't go out and win the competition, like doesn't have it in his grasp, I think they should just go with Foles and just cut their losses, cut their ties with, with Mitch and, and just, you know, move on. Well, I mean, they've basically done that and they're, you know, by not picking up the fifth year option, yeah. they could, they can franchise him if they want to, if he does come out and perform. But I think if it's, if it's even, if it's, if you go into, you know, game week or whatever, and you're installing your game plan for the Lions, and it's even, to me, you have to go with Foles. Just because, yeah. you know, like you said, you don't you don't pay a dude that much money to come in and be a backup and eventually maybe have to have him start. Because, you know, you have to kind of think of all this with, you know, with the coronavirus in mind, right? And I, I don't want to be a down or anything like that, but Everything has been great so far with the NFL, right? They've had no positive tests among players and like those that are, they isolate, they bring them back. The NFL's had amazing success with keeping the virus isolated and keeping it, you know, uh, out of teams and that kind of thing. But then you're going to start traveling and teams are going to start getting on planes and teams are going to start staying in hotel rooms and teams are going to do this. And yeah, you can mitigate most of the extenuating circumstances, but who knows how many games they're going to play? Are they going to play all 16 games? Who knows? So you can't afford to take two losses at the beginning of the season. You can't afford to go into the Lions game and lose. You can't afford to lose to the Giants. You can't afford to go 0-2, and then all of a sudden you're like week 12. They're like, well, it's flu season now, and we got to shut it down because more people are getting sick, and you know this is, this is the season. And the Bears are like, well, what the hell? What are we doing here? When you know like you can't hamper your team by starting with Trubisky – and then going if look if Trubisky's playing better in practice and he's getting it, go to him. I don't care. I don't have a dog in the fight. I, whoever's the better quarterback, play. It doesn't matter to me. If Trubisky has figured it out and goes out there and balls out and he's playing well, but by everything that we're hearing in practices, Foles is getting better. Trubisky hasn't improved. Yeah. So you put credit to what we've heard, even if it's just that Foles is a foot ahead of Trubisky thus far. You believe oh, yeah. that that's. Yeah, I mean, I don't, 
I don't, uh, I don't think that there are, I know these guys that cover the team. So I don't, I know that there are no biases. It's like nobody's job is tied to Trubisky yeah. getting the job here. Like they're all covering the bears regardless. And if you listen to the guys that we put on, on ESPN, you know, JD and uh, Dan Weeder, they're, they're telling it like it is. And they, they were the ones last year while everybody was watching people kick, you know, while they're watching like 11 players try to uh, try to have a field goal contest. They're like, you guys are talking about the kickers, but Trubisky sucks in practice. And like, this is going to be a problem. And we're like, yeah, but what about the kickers? And they're like, no, stop talking about the kickers. <laughs> the quarterback sucks right now. This is going to be an issue. He's overthrowing dudes left and right. And the, the body language is bad by all the receivers. And we're like, yeah, but kickers are fun. Yeah. And so now you're hearing the same thing. You're hearing like today. you heard And we're still talking about kickers. Exactly. And they brought in Cairo Santos for no good reason. Um, but you... You know, today you heard that Foles had his best practice, that he ran the two-minute offense. He ran the, he's, he's had the best performance of a quarterback today, was his best performance of any quarterback so far, was the show he put on today. Now, again, you're saying, you're like, yeah, but it's Nick Foles, and it's not that great, and it's the lesser of two evils, and it, yeah, sometimes you just got to go with that. But You have zero, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it on? Yeah, it was on Waddle and Sylvie today that they did the panel of the reporters yeah. and asked who did better. And I think a few of them said Foles. I think three of them said Foles has been the better quarterback in camp, but they still believe Trubisky's going to start. And I, I like that's that is significant. And I can't quite figure out why. But the fact that they still think Trubisky's going to start, although Foles has been you know, the the better quarterback in practice probably just, you know, speaks to, again, the comfortability of him with his receivers, the fact that he's played well against the Lions. I mean, do you have any other answers to why people are saying that? So we had four or seven people on today, and they all said Foles is better. All of them said Foles has been better. But four of out of the seven said that they believe Foles is playing better, but if the season started today, Trubisky would still be the starter. And J.J. Stankovitz from NBC Sports, he went last. He had to break the tie. And he even said, look, I'm saying that Trubisky is going to start, but I don't think he's the starter for game two because I think they give him the Lions game. And if he, he's not gonna, if he doesn't perform well, they're going to mm-hmm. say, sorry, we gave you a game, and now we're going to turn over the Foles. Because it's weird that the one year that, Nagy comes out and he's like, look, I heard you guys. I listened. We're going to play the guys in the preseason. I get it. We need to see these guys in the preseason. There's going to be a quarterback battle in the preseason with all these preseason games. And then we don't have any preseason games. Like it's just, it's very bears that we would get. We need the preseason games. And now we don't have the preseason games because I feel like that's where the battle would have taken place. And you would have seen, you know, like Trubisky get the first half of the, of, of the first quarter and then Foles get the second half. And then in the next game, Maybe Foles gets the first half of the first quarter with the ones, and then Trubisky comes in with the twos. And then in the third game, that's where you kind of see who is pulling away from this competition. Yeah. Because I think once you're – Nagy isn't concerned about what happens in practice. Like, he's not concerned about, we know the play, you know the defense, you're not going to get hit, this is what we're supposed to do. He's worried about it when you're in a two-minute drill, you're trying to get the play in, Foles is like, I know what we're going to do. You do this, you do this, you do this. All right, let's go. Whereas like Trubisky's like, what? What was that? What? Say that again. And like, he's just not getting it. So I think that it's, it's reliability and familiarity. I don't care about chemistry. You throw to open dudes. That doesn't matter. <laughs> like to me, the chemistry, does, like it, as long as you're not throwing to the wrong jersey, it doesn't matter to me. You know, like he could have met Allen Robinson yesterday for all I care. As long as he's in a blue or white jersey, you're throw, or orange, I guess, for one game. If you're throwing it to him, then that's fine. Throw it to him, whatever. But to have a familiarity of just to know what Nagy is going to call and how he's going to call it. My wife's making a drink. I don't know if you can hear her or not. She's in <laughs> no, here making good. a drink. So if you hear ice clinking, it's her making a drink. Uh, <laughs> right. So uh, it, to me, it's familiarity. It comes down to two minutes, games on the line. I need this guy to put together a drive. And I think that Nagy trusts Foles more than he trusts Trubisky. And I think if it, I know it's going to be a collaborative effort between him and Pace and all the other coaches of who is going to start. And I think if Nagy has his final say, it's going to be Foles because I don't think while the writers did say, yes, they think Trubisky would be the guy. That's a flawed logic. You can't go in preparing to fail. 
Like, you can't go into a game knowing, we're going to give this guy a game, and if he sucks, we'll just go to falls. Well, you're 0-1 or 0-2, and you lose a division game to the Lions, who you should be beating, and you can't, like, it's hard to come back for the, from that. Yeah. I feel so validated right now. I feel so validated right now. Thank you, Adam, for this. That was that was I, everything that I've been I've been dying on this hill for months, months. Well, when Trubisky rolls out on the field week one and carves up the Lions for three fifty and three touchdowns, I'll feel validated. Good. He so. should. He should. It's the Lions, it's the Kevin. That should offense. happen. Nah, don't sleep okay. On the Lions this year. The Lions are gonna be I, better I this year. They're gonna be don't better than the, the Vikings. I, I that's exactly. That. That's exactly what I've been saying. Do not sleep on the Lions this year, man. Don't we do say it. it every year, but I feel like this might be the year. <laughs> Good maybe. point. Good. Matt Patricia. I don't know. Uh, Look, that, that I like is, what they've done. They've added on defense. Yes. Stafford's the better quarterback. Like, the Bears still have, even if it's Foles, the Bears still have the worst quarterback in the division. Yeah. So, be, because oh. of that, like, yeah, you can go out on Thanksgiving and truck the, the, the Lions on a short week. Sure, whatever. But, ultimately, the Lions are going to be a competitive team this year. You should still beat them twice, and that's why yeah. I hope they pick the better quarterback. But, like I said, I, don't, I, like, I, you, I can validate everything. But I just hope that the better quarterback is playing and they're not just doing this to prove a point. Like, I hope it's not Pace being like, we'll give my guy one more shot. And if yeah. he fails, then that's why we got you fulls. It's like, no, we this is a competition. See, uh, do you how like, I've been hearing so much of that about how, um, you know, Pace wants Mitch to start and Nagy doesn't want that. Is there any truth to that? And if so, like what's what's going on around that that whole thing? Kevin, you want to jump in. What is well, that doesn't what even make sense. Well, the thing about that is, like, Pace has two sides of this. Like, people are going to hate on him because he went out and traded a fourth-round pick. So, like, you know, people are going to say, well, Pace really wants Foles to start because he gave up this money and he traded a fourth-round pick. And then the flip side of that coin is, well, maybe he wants Mitch to start because this is his guy and he wants him to pan out. But, you know, it, it is a little bit telling. He didn't pick up the fifth-year option and he traded for this fourth-rounder. So, you know, I don't know which—I don't think there's a definite side if— pace was playing sides which he's not i don't think he would have a definite side on that because you have to look at it both ways like people have their opinions on this and people are you know very angry they gave him a fourth rounder uh and all that money so i, I don't know if he's gonna be you know on, on which side he's on so all right i'll address both those things so first of all the fourth round thing the problem with it was and i feel like i have no insight into this whatsoever like i have no inside information just i'm just gonna say, yeah. say that first so don't quote me on this with like insider from, it's information. Just, it, all right, the, the following is from inside the skull of the Adam. The following Stella. is from me knowing how <laughs> I, how I would hope that front offices work and how kind of maybe I hope they don't work. Whereas like they needed a quarterback, right? And they went into this year and they saw the writing on the wall once free agency started and the draft started and you were like, well, this year might like this year might be different, right? Like this year. There's not going to be a preseason this year. Like there's not going to be time to work guys out because if you look like, look at where Teddy Bridgewater went. So mm -hmm. Teddy Bridgewater ended up, right? He went to go with Joe Brady. Now, is he going to be the starter? No, 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 but he went to go work with his old coordinator, like his old coordinator. So like everybody is trying to do to be with someone they're familiar with, right? Because this is the year of familiarity. Like you can take, um, like the, the exception is Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, but like he's Tom Brady, like he's forgotten more football than I'll ever know. Right. And he'll, he'll be fine. Like he can mentally learn everything, but everybody else kind of align themselves with someone that they're familiar with. So the problem to me, isn't that they got foals. I don't care that it's foals or if it was like, I would have preferred Cam Newton or I don't, I didn't really want Jameis Winston, but I would have been okay with it. I would have preferred Cam Newton, but you had to wait and do all these medical tests and you couldn't do medical tests because you had to wait to get the clear from the NFL because of the coronavirus and the protocols and all that kind of stuff. Right. So they traded for Foles. I feel like they could have waited. And because I don't think there was a bunch of teams batting down the door to try to trade for Foles. I think that they went to Nagy and they said, all right, we need a backup quarterback. These are the guys that are available. Who do you want? And he was like, well, Nick knows the system. Foles is the guy. Get me Nick Foles. And Pace was like, done. And he went in and he like did the buy it now on eBay instead of like placing a <laughs> bid and waiting like seven days. Like he could have just placed a bid and just waited. 
But no, he did the buy it now and he overpaid. It's simple overpayment. Like, you know, like Cole Komet. Will Cole Komet have been there later in the round? Could you have drafted someone else at that position and then gone up, gone back and gotten him later? Probably. All the guys he could have drafted and all the guys he's moved up for would have probably still been there if he would have just been patient and waited. You know, like even the even the Raiders, when they traded Khalil Mack, they thought that the Bears would have the worst pick. They were right. And so they traded him to the Bears because they figured that they would have they would get a better pick out of it based on where the Bears would end up. And they were right. So I feel like that's why they wanted Foles. Nagy wanted familiarity. I'm fine with that. I completely understand that. It's the process that that Ryan Pace goes through to get these these the guys that he wants. You know, like he traded next another next year's pick to move back into a round to draft a guy this year. You know, like you're you're not you're basically the, what is the analogy I've used before? You're the guy that, you know, you have a very high interest credit card and then you find another high interest credit card, but they have like zero percent APR for a year and you balance transfer everything over to that credit card. And you just keep getting these zero APR balance transfers. And this is what he's doing. And eventually he's going to get fired and someone's going to have no picks for the next year. Like he's already traded a pick to move back in for next year. So uh, that's fine with me. The other question was, who does Ryan Pace want to start? Um, I think that there's a lot of ego that goes into this as well. Whereas, especially because of the way Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson have played. And obviously one's an MVP, one beat Alabama once and almost beat him twice and still didn't get drafted. And is now he, he, he's been injured and stuff, but still, he's better. We all know that. Uh, anybody can tell you that Deshaun Watson's better than, than Mitchell Trubisky. There's an ego thing that's like you want to be right because yes. here's the thing. Who's going to hire Ryan Pace to be the GM again? This is going to be on his professional tombstone for the rest of his career. He's going to be the guy that traded up to take the third quarterback when – Mahomes was sitting right there and you didn't need to move up for him. And Watson was right there and you didn't need to move up for him. He's the guy that got punked by the 49ers to trade up. Like he's going to be the guy that's, that's forever known that all of his offensive draft picks or his weapons, Adam Shaheen, not on the team anymore. Kevin White, not on the team anymore. He got, I'll be, look, we all know he got lucky with Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson was a fourth <laughs> round pick with a broken leg. I'm an Alabama fan. He got lucky. Eddie Jackson was great at Alabama, but dude had a broken leg, and who knows how he's going to come back from that. And he picked him in the fourth round. Extremely lucky on that. So he's got an ego to live up to. So would he want? I don't think it matters to him. I think it's beneficial for. It's more beneficial for him if Trubisky starts and plays mm-hmm. well, and then they have to do something with his contract, franchise him, or give him an extension or whatever it is, because then he was right. But at the same time. If Foles wins and they still win, I don't think he's going anywhere because Foles, he traded for Foles and Foles is still, quote, his guy, even though we know it's Nagy's problem. The only way that Pace is out of a job at the end of this is if it goes completely horrible, they don't make the playoffs, they only win like six games, then they're all out. Like, if there is still a way that Nagy might stay because you know, you're just going to be trying to hire the next Matt Nagy as your coach. So you might as well, you know, let him because he can go in there. He can go to the front office and say, this this guy gave me the third option. Like this guy gave me Trubisky, like give me a real quarterback and I'll show you what I can do. Don't give me broke Nick Foles and don't give me Trubisky and I'll show you what I can do. Give me a GM that I can work with because most GMs and coaches like to work in concert. I mean, you know, you got to remember Nagy didn't pick Trubisky he inherited Trubisky like that was part of the job that was part of the interview part of the interview was who do you want do are you okay with Trubisky as your quarterback and if you said no you were shown the door like you had to want Trubisky as your quarterback now who's going to say no to a head coaching job you're going to say whatever you can to get the job so I think that he wants Trubisky to play but I think they just need wins like I don't think he cares like at this point admit your mistake move on from Trubisky you didn't pick up the option you're fine move on and all you want now are wins because if they make the playoffs and they win a round in the playoffs or whatever, they're all safe. They're all going to keep yes. their jobs. Yeah. So you think you think that if they miss the playoffs, pace is gone? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because especially, especially with the extra, same boat. especially with the extra team, like especially because yeah. there's one extra team that makes the playoffs. Like you have to. This is a play. 
you by trading for Khalil Mack, you accelerated this process because you have a championship defense. Even last year, after dropping, um, you know, after not having all those interceptions and dropping in production, and Akeem Hicks was out, and you know, Roquan missed a couple games. They were still a top 10 defense. This is still a defense that could win a Super Bowl yeah. today if they wanted to. Um, the problem is you have to put up enough points. And those that defense also, when you're getting trucked by the Saints, just takes their foot off the gas and goes, well, we're done for the day because this yeah. guy's not coming. Like they look at the other side of the field and they go, this guy's not coming back. Like they see Trubisky come out of there for another three and out. And they're like, well, what the hell, dude? I barely took my helmet off. And this dude is not going to lead a comeback. And like, yeah. yeah, he, yeah, he scored some points in the fourth quarter. Big deal. Like that. It doesn't matter. You, you, when you see that guy, it's demoralizing as a defense. When you see that guy run out there and you're like, well, we're going to be at back on the field in like 30 seconds. So don't get too comfortable. Right. That, I mean, we, we would do game recaps for this show. And a lot of times I would say that, you know, the box score would sometimes lie to you. The final score would sometimes lie to you with, you know, sometimes it'd be a, a fake comeback and those garbage time points would make you think, oh, they only mm-hmm. lost by 10 or seven or a field goal. And then you kind of boost your hopes up. But I do. I mean, the defense, I'm all the way in on. It's just and, and we said that the whole way. The offense is just it's the floor, Kevin. The floor needs to be raised. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I yeah, I agree. It does need to be raised. And it, it's actually you like you bring up a good point because I was just going back thinking about comebacks, right? And it, it like I never really thought about it like that because look at the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They're down what? Third like 28 in the AFC ch- championship against uh mm-hmm. or the divisional round against the Texans, I believe it was. Divisional round down 28. And like if that's the Bears situation, you're right. A full checkout. Full checkout from the whole defense. Full checkout from the whole team because they know they don't have the capability to come back like that. And and, and for, for the Chiefs, you have to be down 35 for you to be out. For the Bears, it's like 10 points. And, and that's well, probably – and that's the issue. Look at the first – was it the first game? It wasn't – was it Cleo Mack's first game? Or was it the first game two years ago with – yeah, it was Cleo Mack's first game. Two against years the Packers. Ago against, the, against the Packers, yeah. They were up, yeah. yeah. Aaron Rodgers did the math. He's like, I need three scores and a field goal. Okay. That's three drives and a field goal. That's four exactly. drives. Let's do this. And it was like, oh, okay. And like, yeah, it's demoralizing because the defense, like you're supposed to – but that year, two years ago, while they had all those turnovers and they, they were the number one defense, they were also the worst fourth quarter defense in the league. And a lot of that was because they were winning and they, you take your foot off the gas and you're like, okay, we've got this in the bag. That's fine. But still, you got to put games away. And it came back the first game of the year, bit him in the ass because, you know, you have yeah. to close out games. And while all defenses are, you know, defenses are good and their defense is great, they still have flaws. But you can't, you can't roll out this offense and have this defense for defensive performance last year. I mean, they were, you know, they were. I got it here. They're 28th in toward 27th in touchdowns, 21st in passing yards, 30 seconds in yards per pass gains. Trubisky was 28th in QB rating, 28th in QBR. Like you can't roll that out there with a top five defense like that. And I think they can be top five defense again. I like Jalen Jackson a lot. I think he's going to be a stud. Eddie Jackson's, I mean, Akeem Hicks being healthy is going to be huge for them. I know he's missed some practices, but I mean, ultimately like does Akeem Hicks need practice? You know, at this point, like, I think he'll be he'll be fine if it was a game day situation. So this defense can for sure be a top five, top three defense once again. But the offense has got to keep up. Uh, We have one segment that we want to get to before we wrap this up. But before we get to that, I just want to. So what what's your uh, record prediction? then? What's your confidence level record prediction? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Assuming we get a full slate of games. Who's starting? Who's starting? Go one for each. Mitch. Go one for each. Uh, I think regardless, they're an eight and eight team again, and I don't think oh. they make the playoffs. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I, so. I, can I just see don't. It. I don't think Nick Foles is good enough. Like I think he's better, but I don't know if he's good enough. Like can and I think that there's look the NFC West could have four teams in the playoffs as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like the NFC West is tough. You know, like the Cardinals are going to be better like that. The Seahawks, the, like, oh, that that whole NFC West is stacked and there could be I'm saying three teams from the NFC West make it. Um, I'm trying to think of the evidence here. Uh, the Cowboys, I guess. Yes, the Cowboys. Make it. Um, the Packers think, make it. Uh, Eagles. And then, 
Yeah, I don't like the Eagles this year. No? Okay. No, I'm down on the Eagles this year. Um, yeah, may, I don't think – I just – I think they, they're either the last team in the playoffs or they don't make it. They're not winning the division this year. Wow. See, like, I, I, I agree with that, and I can definitely see that. The only thing to me is I, I know we, we've discussed it on, on here before. Um, it's just It just feels like no one in our division got better. Um, and, and it's like, I feel like we're right there, you know, in terms of, you know, we, we just got to get something from the offense, man. It, it's, it's, it, we already know what the defense is going to do, man. Just a little bit of decent QB play and we're right there, man. Well, I think you can't, you can't count out the Packers ever with Aaron Rodgers. That's true. I think, yeah. I think the Vikings will be, they, they got, they, they lost a lot of talent, but they also drafted a ton of talent. And I think that they'll be good. I think they're, they'll be right where they were last year. And I think the Lions are going to be better. And if the Lions give the Bears a couple games, like if they split with the Lions, that's two wins that weren't yeah. there last year. That's an extra loss on last year, you know? Yeah. They've that's got some good. tough games. Look at their schedule. I mean, the Saints yes. are here. The Bucks are here. Yeah, like, they've bad. got tough games. You have to play the Packers twice, the Vikings twice, the Lions twice, obviously. But they don't have a lot of cupcake games this year. Here's my ideology, and this is what I tell everybody because I've, all my friends, oh, what are the, you know, what are the Bears going to do this year? What are the Bears? And I tell them, I think they're going to be a playoff team. And here's why: you said Nick Foles is better, right? And we already mentioned the fact that the defense was, you know, a step below what they were in 2018. All of that considered, and the absolute shit show that was the quarterback, uh, that was Mitch Trubisky, and was the offense, and they still went eight and eight. So, so that that is the way I look at it, right? Everything fell apart last year absolutely everything it probably uh, it could have it could have been worse could have been worse but you know eight and eight was not at all what you were expecting you had super bowl aspirations at the beginning of the year but this year if you the defense is going to be better than it was last year and if you get better qb play that's why i don't see how that number can't improve and eight and eight like nine and seven might get you in the playoffs this year just because of that extra playoff team but that is simply the way i look at it like i just want to simplify it and look at it like look Everything fell apart last year. They they weren't very good. This year, if they're better, how how can they not be better than eight and eight? I don't see that. That's the only that's the way that I look at it. And so, what gets in the way then, if that's the case? Like, if if you don't think they're going to improve, then I, I mean, probably the quarterback, right? But other than that, like, what gets in the way? Well, how do they get better? Well, that well, like I we mean, just, whether like we just said, no one in the division got better, but literally, no one in the division got better. Like the 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 <laughs> Lions got a little better. But you have to include the Bears in that. The Bears didn't get better. They, Nick Foles is just a a better, like a, a bigger brained uh, Trubisky. <laughs> That's all he is. And he's a less, he's actually less mobile too. So those plays, if Nick Foles starts, yeah, he might have the better mind for it and he might know the system. But when those plays break down, he's not running for 15 yards because dude's a statue back there. Essentially, it's a wash, right? The quarterback position is a wash. So you didn't get better and you didn't get worse. Okay, but I mean, so <laughs> the offensive line. Well, let's let's talk about other positions on the the offensive line was one of the worst. Uh, I mean, I would go as far as say one of the worst in the league. I think that's pretty okay. fair to say that. So no, but we have okay. we have seen that the you offensive lost offensive linemen. We have seen. Yeah, and I thought, but I thought we, we know Stanton the offensive was the line coach, was the best offensive line coach ever, and he left. I well, Juan Castillo's better. Apparently, we only liked Harry. Well, I mean, okay, so. We we know the offensive line can be compatible. That's not a question. I mean, we saw it in 2018. They were a good. They I would say they were a good unit in 2018. Last year they had a bad year. Do I have trust in the fact that a new coach and the same talent with you know hopefully a little bit more chemistry uh, with Jermaine Fetty getting in there and, and just getting things right? Can they return to that 2018 form where at least the running backs can run the ball? Maybe. I mean, that that's I just look at those things, and I and I, I would also say the defense got better. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I would say the defense got better. Uh, well, they off, probably got better because Akeem Hicks is hopefully going to play every game. But they also have and, Robert Quinn. I mean, that, that's yeah, Robert Quinn will be yeah, Robert Quinn will be better, and then hopefully you know, Haha Clinton Dix being gone is automatically better. Um, and I think here's where I think they got better. I think they got better because Nagy has people around him who will tell him when he's screwing off. Like, I think when he's being, when he's trying to be too cute, he's got Laser in there. He's got Filippo in there now. And I think they can be like, hey, you're screwing this up. And I don't think they're afraid to tell him if he's screwing it up. And that's, I think that that will help the offense. 
I think that I don't think they they didn't add any talent uh, around around Trubisky or Foles, except for Cole Komet. And Cole Komet's a rookie, so who knows what he's gonna be what he's gonna be able to do? Like I hope he's great. I hope he's what they thought they were getting in Shaheen, but I don't know. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. That kind of leads into our next segment. Uh, we have a we like to do segments out here. We like to have a little bit of fun. This one, it's not a very creative name. It's called ins- Significant or Insignificant. And we, we basically made this name because we hear all these things from training camp and we always say, well, you know, is it just a bunch of jargon? Is it just a bunch of whatever quotes from whoever, um, you know, videos from wherever and all of that? Is it significant or insignificant? Um, so we're going to do that. The first and the first one, the reason why I think it's a good segue is the name you left out was Jimmy Graham. But there are reports that, you know, Jimmy Graham. Okay, I, now, look, I. OK, so first. OK. Oh, that <laughs> laugh was so. That, that was that was demonizing. So to me. OK, yeah. just insignificant. Next question. Insignificant. <laughs> but see, OK, but why? See why we get we don't got to shut him down why? so quick. Why? Okay. When was the last time Jimmy Graham you was were, good? Okay, okay, look, we were Don't inefficient. Give me this BS at, that the room is better because Jimmy Graham is in it. That's I'm bullshit. Not the room is what better. I'm, the room is better. I'm not. I mean, I don't. I don't. The I don't know. Not that. But look, I mean, how how inefficient were the Bears in the red zone? Terrible, right? Terrible. Okay. I mean, they they, they, they they were terrible in the red zone. And from uh-huh. what we're hearing and from what we've seen, Jimmy Graham has proved to be a legit target in camp. And if he's giving you just five. Five touchdowns in the red zone. That is improvement because Adam Just Shaheen gave five, negative. How many touchdowns? When was the last time Jimmy Graham had five touchdowns? Uh, probably 2016. 2016. Four years ago. But why? But I don't think look, that's impossible. Every every I, I I the segment is great and not to crap on it, <laughs> but literally everything you hear in camp is insignificant because they're playing their own guys and they're not tackling. This isn't real. None yeah. of this is real. Jimmy Graham isn't going to have five touchdowns. Like, I hope he does. Look, I hope he does. And if he does, please tweet me. Please tweet at me that I, I was wrong. I, will. I hope you do. And I'll admit that I was wrong. I'll be the first one to be like, I was wrong. Jimmy Graham's awesome. <laughs> but I just, I, that's great. It's practice. Like, it's, I don't, I don't put any stock into it because the dude hasn't performed on the field in games since 2016. Okay, so if, I mean, if everything's insignificant practice, then why don't we talk about the quarterback battle? Because I just told you they were both awful. Like it's not. Like, it's <laughs> true, not, true. That's a good point. <laughs> like I just told point. you that none of this matters because it's they're both bad. It's no, crazy. I'll 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 I'll, well, I'll, uh, I'll still do the segment. Let's do it. I want to go to Chris because Chris. Chris has been okay. Adam's going insignificant. Fair. Chris has been outspoken about Jimmy Graham. He he. You have. You, you tweeted, I've just willed myself to believe Jimmy Graham is going to be an impact player. Why? Look, look, I, I'm i not going to sit here and act like I have some analysis for this because, I mean, it's Jimmy Graham and he really hasn't done anything recently. But I, I just think having a tight end that, you know, he's reliable. He's re- I think he's he's reliable as like a safety blanket. And Would you agree with that, Adam? Jimmy Graham is like going to prom with your best friend. Oh my god! It's a good so safety blanket. So that, that yeah, you're like I'm gonna have fun. I can't sit at home, but like this isn't gonna end well for either of us. Like this okay. is not gonna be fun. Like I'm gonna dance and it's gonna be cool and I'm gonna hang out with my friends, but like in the end, eh. fair enough, fair enough. And I, you know what? Look, I willed myself to believe that Jimmy Graham's gonna have a decent year and just decent. That that's all I'm going. I'm not saying anything more than that, but. You know, it, it's it's just a gut feeling. Um, I, I've seen a lot of um, tweets about how Aaron Rodgers doesn't like his tight ends, and I, I there were so many like Twitter threads, you know, breaking that down. And yeah. you know, I think there is some truth to that. I, I really do. Aaron um, Rodgers doesn't like anybody. I was just gonna say that. And he doesn't like Matt LaFleur, <laughs> and that's he doesn't like anybody. <laughs> this dude doesn't even the, like his own family. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Fair enough. Took the words yeah. right out of my mouth. Yeah, it's just look. I just think being in a new being in a new place. Um, you know, he, he's he's Jimmy Graham has proved in the past that you know he knows what he's doing out there. Um, you know, he, he's the dude is humongous. Um, I, I just think that I just think there's no way he doesn't help this offense. That's the the hill I'm dying on. Yeah, I you mean, and Ryan Pace just want us to be the 2015 Saints. I get it. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> 
Let me, uh, so I was talking about next year and stats, right? Guess who led the league in 2019 in separation, average yard separation between, so it's the distance in yards measured between a wide receiver and tight end and the nearest defender at the time of catcher and completion. Guess who led the league? Jimmy Graham. How many He's getting you separation. Uh, more than we were also just talking about how Trubisky can't hit an ocean if it's not, you know, no matter what the intended target is. How yeah. many times was he targeted? How many catches did he have? How many touchdowns did Jimmy Graham have last year? Three. I think he had three. Okay. So he had, he's had five over the last two years combined. We're two more in there. Come oh on, we're good. <laughs> I'll set the over under Jimmy Graham touchdowns like right at. I'll set it at two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, I think that's super fair. I was, yeah, I'm I'm firmly that Jimmy Graham is washed up, and that I'll take he, that over, man. I'll take that over. I hope he can block. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. block without getting injured. Well, yeah, that too. Another cut. I mean, if, he's, on if top he does of. score a touchdown, he'll make like a cool dunk or whatever. <laughs> that's they're cool. allowing that again, so yeah. it'll be cool for the post game highlight, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I also I don't know if you guys have been watching those training camp videos, but every video they post of a tight end making plays against Deion Bush. Have you noticed that? Every like yeah, Col- like I've which is interesting because well yeah, first of all Deion Bush is gonna get work this year. Well it was yep. funny. We had Clifton Duck. Uh, he was a former practice squad player. He came on with us and he actually said the one player he thought would be a like a star in the coming years was Deion Bush. And he's he's getting the opportunity right now because he's getting yeah. those team one reps, but he's it. it from what it seems from the videos, he, he, I don't know. It's just weird that I don't see Deshaun Gibson. Um, I mean, we don't know if he's going to be out there, but it's, it was just yeah. I just noticed that. Well, look, it's pr- it's practice because, like, think about this, though. Like, all the time we spent on talking about how bad Trubisky and how bad Foles has looked and, you know, and how, like, they're checking down and everything. So is that bad offense or is that good defense? Like, which one is right. camp? So, like, which one are you rooting for? That's the problem when you have the Chicago Bears defense going up against too. You know, I mean, no, you you expect they're not playing for real out there. Come on, it's not an excuse, but you're talking about one unit that's significantly better than the other. I mean, that is that yeah. is not a, that is not a question. So they are. Um, yeah. Let's move on to our next one, which uh, you're gonna like this one, as you, you love kickers, and you know we, we mentioned this a little bit. They signed Cairo Santos, uh, and they have now outspokenly said they are going to keep two kickers on the roster likely for precautionary reasons because Eddie Pinheiro is dealing with, I believe, a groin injury, which is, man, groins are really just screwing over the Bears right now. Dave Montgomery, Eddie Pinheiro, we got to get a trainer who knows a little bit more about groins. But is them signing Cairo Santos uh, significant or insignificant? Of course it's significant. It's a kick. Is it? It's the Bears. No, it is. It is. It's definitely (laughs) significant. It's definitely significant because here's the problem. Like, this is exactly what's going to happen happen right is this is the same thing that's going to happen when they lost the playoff game to the eagles they're going to focus on that damn kicker when they lose a game by a field goal because either eddie pinheiro missed or cairo santos missed and it's like okay well why did they need the field goal in the first place to win because the quarterback sucked the first three quarters that's why and everybody's gonna be like oh double joint and everybody's gonna be talking about the field goal kicker when it's like oh well what about mitch's second half yeah well where was he in the first half how about that how about talk about Mitch in the first first through third quarter as opposed to just the fourth quarter? If he would have played well those first three quarters, they wouldn't have needed a field goal at the end of the game. So, of course, it's significant because now if Pinheiro misses a field goal to win a game, then on Monday, all we're going to be talking about is, oh, well, now is it time to bench him and go to Cairo Santos? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? This is all – Don't you guys open your mind. Expand your third eye. Don't let – don't let them don't let them put that propaganda out there. Focus on the quarterback, <laughs> not the kicker. <laughs> I mean, everything is outside noise when it's not the quarterback at this point, right? Like that's it just is. The, it is yeah. because it's like just find a kick. Like Pinero wasn't that bad. He hit eighty what eighty four or eighty something percent of his field goals. Like he wasn't bad. It's just his, his misses are only significant when they're at the end of games because we. We put those in a, in a under the microscope because there's the end of games. Whereas, like, if he misses a field goal in the first quarter and they lose by two, we're not like, oh, well, if Eddie Pinheiro would have hit that field goal in the first quarter, they would have won. Like, no one does that. They're like, oh, well, they didn't do this in the fourth quarter and the third quarter. Yeah. They're all significant. All of them are significant. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. 
That's fair. I just, I mean, I'm on the boat where, like, when it comes to the kicker, and especially a guy like Eddie Pinheiro or any kicker, really, it's all about confidence. And, you know, although this is precautionary, like, Eddie Pinheiro is sitting on his couch and now thinking, like, man, like, what am I not doing right? Why is Carlos Santos being brought in? And he's running these thoughts through his head. It's being and he hurt, now, Kevin. like, it's being hurt. I know, but like every time when he's healthy, every time he steps onto the field, the back of his mind is if I miss this kick, Cairo Santos is creeping up behind me. And like, that's no, not I what you, you want. It's got to be the opposite. And his mind's got to be thinking, F that guy. Yeah, that's, there on the bench. That's you what he should be thinking. But I don't know if that's what he is thinking. I mean, that's like, that, you know, I don't know what's in Eddie Pinero's head. That's exactly what he should be thinking. But I don't, maybe he is worried about I make about Cairo this. Santos hold that little T that they practice on. I'd be like, you hold this while I'm out there. I'm hand it to you when I come back. <laughs> I think Eddie's got that attitude too. I think I, he's got. I, know he does. I, I think he's, he's got that screw you. Yeah, he's no, got that I, screw I think, you attitude. I I think um was it him? I, I don't know if it was him. Um, but there was a there was an Eddie Pinheiro like highlight video that I saw like last yeah. week or the week before uh, or something, and I was like, this is so Eddie Pinheiro. <laughs> yeah, I saw one of one of the guys we follow made like a little hype video for him and he retweeted it. I was like, who makes a hype video for a kicker? I, that's the first <laughs> who retweets their own hype video. <laughs> a lot of players do, I think. But when you're a kicker, I think it's probably different. I mean, come on. <laughs> what is there to see? I, I, I stopped watching after he's making a process kick. Yeah, he's making kicks. That's refreshing. The Bears fans and made kick is refreshing. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the kicks get the people going. That's it. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, Adam, thank you so much, man. We appreciate you greatly. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Obviously, long day for you, long day for everybody, and it's the end of your night. So go enjoy your night, man. Thank you for joining us. Um, so obviously, thank you, Kevin, Chris. Always good to talk to you guys. But this no has problem. been another. Thank you guys. Uh, yeah. Hey, make sure, make sure when Jimmy Graham gets his fifth touchdown, you guys all tweet me. I'll be there. All right. Twitter fingers. I'll be there. I'll Kevin's going to save it to the drafts right now. Yeah, I am. Good. 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 Unload those drafts when he gets that fifth touchdown. All right, Adam, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it, brother. All right. This has been another edition of Bears Nation Podcast. Everyone take care, and as always, bear down. Bear down. Bear down.